Welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken, a podcast about Jesus, His Word, and our joy in following Him. I'm Michelle Leslie. And I'm Amy Spreeman. Welcome to part two of our uh, mini-series on prayer. Uh, but before we get started, we just want to have a big thank you for Missy Lee 73 That's the handle of the very nice lady who left us a five-star review and uh, this encouraging comment on her Apple Podcasts. I discovered your ministry about a year ago, and it's helped me so much. I enjoy listening to this podcast as I work. Thank you for encouraging me to be more discerning in who I listen to and study the Bible for myself and let the word be sufficient to teach without someone else's book guiding me to what they think is true. Oh, Michelle, that just brings uh, joy to my heart when I hear a, a review like that. So thank you, Missy Lee. Yeah, me too. She's studying the Bible for herself. That is fantastic. Yay. Thank you, Missy Lee, so much for that wonderful, encouraging um, comment. And we've said it before, and I'll say it again, you know, the highest compliment we could possibly get is that we have pointed you to Christ and His written word. That's the whole point of this podcast. So we're very excited to hear that. And then we also want to thank RM, who just became a regular donor over on Patreon. Thank you so much, RM. Yes. And all of our faithful supporters over there on Patreon, we are so humbled by and grateful for your monthly financial support. Uh, we sure are. And if you'd like to support us through PayPal or Patreon, like RM did, uh, that will help us cover the cost of producing these podcasts and all the hosting and website fees. There are so many that come with it. So just head on over to our website, a wordfitlyspoken.life, and uh, just click on that support tab. And while you're there, you can subscribe to A Word Fitly Spoken on one of the many podcast platforms listed on our homepage there. And uh, if you like, you can leave us a five-star review and an encouraging comment or two on the platform that you picked, just like Miss Lee did. Uh, ratings, reviews, and comments, really, I, I promise you, ladies, they are not for our egos, not even a little, but they do help boost our visibility so that we can uh, point even more listeners to Christ and His Word, and that is really important to us. It sure is. Well, as Amy said, tonight is part two of our mini-series on prayer. And if you missed part one, we've got it linked up in the show notes for you. And we would encourage you to go back and listen to it, part one, first. Tonight, we're going to cover a few more aspects of prayer, praying scripture, some practical and logistical tips to help your personal prayer time run more smoothly, and then finally, leading others in prayer. You know, Amy, sometimes when I've been praying daily for a long time about certain situations, a, a loved one's salvation or some sort of stagnant circumstance that just won't resolve itself or a need that God hasn't yet provided, I feel like my my daily time of prayer can be sort of stuck in a rut, so to speak. Like I'm praying yeah, all the exact, yeah, like I'm praying all the exact same things every day. And that doesn't bother God, of course, and we're to be persistent and fervent with our requests. But every now and then, I just feel like I need a break from petitioning to focus on another aspect of prayer. And one of the ways I like to do that is to pray scripture back to God. And of course, there are a few scriptures that I like to pray every day as part of my regular prayer time. Yes, there are several ways to pray scripture back to God. Uh, for instance, you could sit down with your Bible and pray through a psalm, simply meditating on the words and speaking them back to God. That, by the way, is how I learned how to pray in the very beginning. And if you're studying your Bible every day, you might look for a verse or two from that day's passage 
passage to pray back to God as part of your study time. And there might be a particular verse or verses or passages that you'd like to pray every day during your regular prayer time. So why don't we go over some of them? Yeah, let's do that. Let's start with Ephesians 5.10. It says, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. So Lord, help me today to discern what is pleasing to you. And then I always like to add, and to do it, <laughs> not just to discern it, but yes. also to do it. And then there's Psalm 141.3, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Father, help me to keep my mouth shut when it needs to be shut and to speak up when I need to speak up. Psalm 19.14 says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Lord, let everything I think, say and do bring honor and glory to you. Those are great verses. And here's a few more. Uh, James one twenty two says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. So you might pray something like, Lord, please show me how to obey your word, not just hear it. And then John seventeen seventeen, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Father, would you please answer Jesus's prayer to sanctify me in the truth of your word? Psalm 51, 10 through 12 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. So you might pray, Oh, Father, please cleanse me and forgive me for my sin, and give me a fresh start with a clean heart and a right spirit. Thank you that because of the blood of Christ and the seal of the Holy Spirit, you will never cast me out or take your spirit from me. Thank you for giving me back the joy of unhindered fellowship with you. And here's some great passages about wisdom that you might want to pray. These first two might be good to pray together. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. And then Proverbs 4.7 says, The beginning of wisdom is this, Get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. Father, thank you that you generously give wisdom to those who ask. Please give me wisdom and help me to pursue wisdom and understanding. And then here's one that a lot of us know already. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Lord, help me to trust you with all my heart over and above what I can see with my eyes and understand with my mind. Let everything I think, say, and do bring glory and honor to you. Smooth my path before me. Let me not trust in my own wisdom and understanding, but grow in me a godly fear of you that turns me away from evil. And then Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Father, remind me that my life is a vapor. Help me to honor you with my time and steward my time well. Help me to get everything done today that you want me to get done. Yes, and here are three great passages from Psalm 139. Many of you have said that's your favorite. Mine too, I think. Uh, you might even want to pray that entire psalm. But Psalm 139.1, the very first verse says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. 
Oh, thank you, Lord, that you know me inside and out, that I can come to you in prayer and I don't have to explain everything and make sure you understand correctly because you already know that you know everything about me and you still choose to love me. And then a few verses later, Psalm 139, 14 says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Oh, Lord, thank you for creating me. I stand in awe at the magnificence of your creation in the human body. You can read every strand of DNA in my body. You not only understand how all the biological processes in my body work, you created each of those processes. You keep my heart beating, my cells reproducing, and my lungs filled with air. And then a little bit later, 23 and 24 say this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. O Lord, examine my heart, and whatever is in me that is displeasing to you, please get rid of it. Yeah, those are some great verses to pray. Then there's Romans 5, 8. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Father, thank you for sending your son to die for me while I was still your enemy. Thank you, Jesus, for being willing to die for me, a sinner. Thank you for turning me from your enemy into your friend. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Father, thank you that you are smarter than I am, that you know the best way to handle every situation and that you are powerful enough to work everything out for your glory and my good. Thank you for the comfort and rest it brings me to know that you have everything under control. And then Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Lord, help me to truly delight myself in you so much so that you are putting your desires into my heart. I want to want what you want. Oh, that's fantastic. I I love the way that this just kind of shifts all of our thoughts about prayer onto scripture. It's it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's a a verse from the story of Hagar in the Old Testament. She was Sarah's maid and the mother of Ishmael when Sarah mistreated her and she fled from Sarah. And you can find this in Genesis 16, 13. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing, for she said, truly here I have seen him who looks after me. Oh God, thank you that you see me and that you haven't forgotten or forsaken me. Thank you that you are a God who sees and rewards our good works done in secret. Thank you that because you are a God of seeing, there are no unsolved crimes or unpunished evil with you. Nothing escapes your notice and no one gets away with anything. Thank you that when earthly justice systems fail, you bring ultimate justice. Thank you that you will one day vindicate your servants. And last but not least, this is one of my favorite passages. This is going to be Revelation 21, 1 and 3b through 4. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. 
Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Lord God, thank you that the sin, pain, and separation of this life is temporary. Thank you that one day you will make everything right. Thank you that through Christ you have made a way for me to live with you forever. And as you're choosing scriptures to pray back to God, it's a good idea to study those passages in context and make sure you're understanding and handling His Word correctly as you pray. Claiming biblical promises that don't apply to you, for example, will only set you up for frustration and disappointment. And you certainly don't need that standing in the way of your prayer time or hindering your fellowship with the Lord. If your prayer life needs a breath of fresh air, we encourage you to try praying God's own words back to Him. There's no better way to be sure that your prayer is pleasing to Him and that you're praying within His will. Right. Now let's take a look at some practical and logistical tips to help keep you focused and uh, your personal prayer time running smoothly. And the first thing we have to deal with, at least for me, the first thing I always have to deal with is defeating the flesh when it comes time to pray. Because if your flesh has its way, you won't be praying at all and you won't need any of the rest of these tips that we're going to discuss. One of the major hurdles for me when it comes to my regular daily prayer time is my ugly, sinful flesh crossing her arms, firmly planting her feet on the ground and going, I don't want to. Listeners, do you ever experience that? Amy, do you ever experience that? Uh, yeah, it's uh, that that was quite a visual, by the way. <laughs> But yes, I, I I know that the flesh doesn't want to do the th- the will of God. It just doesn't. That's that's what we're stuck with. That's right, and it's awfully ugly too. Well, listeners, if you have that experience as well, you want to know the fast and easy secret to getting over that hurdle. Well, there isn't one. There is no magic bullet that will banish that balkiness and keep it from ever coming back. There's no secret formula, no book you can read, no Bible study you can attend, no kind of program you can follow or anything like that. So how do you defeat that relentless reluctance of, I don't feel like praying? Well, you pray. You don't feel like going to work or homeschooling or cooking supper every day either, do you? And yet you do those things anyway. Prayer is a discipline and an act of obedience. And sometimes it's going to feel like that. And you do it anyway. God doesn't ask us to feel any certain way about obeying him. He just says, do it. So we do. But the good news is that when you pray, you can ask God to take away that feeling of reluctance and replace it with joy. And I found that he does if I just keep on praying. It's kind of like, if you'll think about it this way, have you ever been invited to a party and you really didn't want to go for whatever reason, but you went anyway, and then you ended up having a great time once you got there? It's a little bit like that. Yeah, it is. And and if Satan can't get us to give into the temptation uh, not to pray at all, he is going to try another way. He'll try to derail us with distractions once we get started. You know, your mind wanders, so does mine. The phone rings, your Amazon order is delivered, the dog is barking like 
crazy. That just happens. That's life. What are some good ways to prevent or handle distractions? Well, here's a couple uh, that I found. First, get as far away as possible from physical distractions. Get into a quiet room away from other people. It might mean that you have to leave the house, uh, take a walk around the neighborhood, or sit in the car while you pray. You're going to want to turn off the music, especially turn off your phone and those notifications, uh, shut down the computer, anything else that might make noise. Sometimes a little white noise machine, like an app that you might find or a a fan can be helpful as well. And then second, keep a piece of paper and a pen or the notes app on your phone handy before you pray. This is before now. Take a few moments to take a mental inventory of the rest of your day. You've got that to-do list. We, we have those things. Jot down any reminders to yourself, uh, any list that you have or errands that you need to run. And then Set that list aside, both mentally and literally, but within arm's reach. And let me explain. Later on, when you're praying, if something absolutely crucial comes to mind, just take a second and write yourself a very brief note about it, and then get right back to prayer. Put that away. Go go right back to praying. It can really be helpful to ask God to help you to remember to do something or accomplish whatever it was you just had to write down. And then third, Ask God to help you focus. You could pray something like, Lord, thank you for drawing me to this time of prayer. Please keep my my heart, my mind, and my will focused completely on you and prevent me from being distracted. But if I do get distracted, Lord, please help me realize it right away and give me the discipline to refocus on you. Direct this prayer time, Lord, and bring to my mind all the things you want me to pray about. So those are just some things. Yeah, those are some great tips. And let's also talk about prayer lists. They can be super helpful or super overwhelming, depending on how you handle them. First of all, don't become paralyzed by the number of prayer requests that you think you have to keep up with. At my church, for example, we have a church-wide prayer list that's subdivided into several different categories. Most of our Sunday school classes have their own prayer lists for the, the members of that class. And then we have life groups and discipleship groups where we're sharing prayer requests as well. So for me, that's already three different prayer lists. And then on top of that, you have friends and relatives asking you to pray for certain things at certain times. And none of those are bad things. I mean, if someone's asking you to pray for them, they must know that you're a praying person. So that's a good thing. Yes. But prayer should be governed by God, not ruled by your anxiety of failing to complete a list. Submitting your prayer time to God's governance might mean that you organize all of your prayer lists in certain ways to get a better handle on them. For example, you might pray through your church list on Mondays, your Sunday school list on Tuesdays, and so on. Or maybe you might divide them into categories. For example, you might pray for the lost on Mondays or pray for the sick on Tuesdays, etc. Or it might mean that instead of going by a list, you ask the Lord to bring to mind the people and situations you need to pray for and trust him to do that. Another thing that I find helpful is that when someone asks me to pray for her, I stop what I'm doing and pray right then so I don't forget. Yes, me too. Yeah. And of course, pray throughout the day whenever someone or something is on your heart. You know, scripture tells us to pray without ceasing. And that's kind of what it means to whenever things come to mind, pray about those things. And then you can also set reminders on your phone to remind you to pray for someone on a specific day and time of a job interview or a doctor's appointment or whatever. 
Yeah, I I think there are two important words to remember here, practice and petition. Practice means keep at it. (laughs) Prayer is just like anything else. The more you practice it, the easier it generally becomes. Practice preparing for prayer. Practice asking for God's help to focus. Practice redirecting your thoughts when they go astray. The more often you do that, the less often you're going to find your prayer time getting off track. And if you're struggling with any of these things, you know, not wanting to pray or distractions or knowing what to pray for, anything like that, petition God about that. Ask him to help you. It's okay to ask God to show you how to talk to him. Proverbs 15.8 says, The prayer of the upright is his delight. Well, Michelle, we've talked a lot about our own personal prayer lives, but what about leading others in prayer, whether it's praying with our children or leading a ladies' prayer meeting? All right. Yeah, let's talk about this in terms of leading adult women, because while children might be more distractible than adults, well, some adults anyway, not me, but they, their children are under your authority. And if you say it's time to pray, it's time to pray. When you say to adults, it's time to pray, they will find every excuse in the world not to even show up. So let's talk about leading adults and you can keep an ear out for some things that you can try in a simpler way with your kids. If you're going to start a ladies prayer group or or even if the prayer time in your Sunday school or Bible study class needs some help, the first thing I'd recommend is discipling them in what prayer is and how to do it. So instead of immediately diving into into praying when you start the group, consider taking some time to study prayer together first. What does the Bible say about prayer? What are some biblical ways of praying? Maybe you'd like to play these two podcast episodes for your class, stopping along the way to try praying according to the Lord's Prayer, like we talked about in part one, or try praying through a psalm together or praying some of the other scriptures that we went through or discussing ways to avoid distractions and organize prayer lists. I've also written a Bible study on prayer that you might want to take your group through called Sweet Hour of Prayer, Learning to Pray from the People of Scripture. You could even simplify it as you go through through it and take your children through it. And we'll put a link to that study in the show notes for you. That Those are great things. Another thing that can help you when you're leading a group in prayer is structure and guidance. Now, you might want to try to dispense with sharing prayer requests verbally before the prayer time, as it's traditionally done, and add some structure to that aspect of the prayer meeting. Uh, there are several different ways you can do this. Now, one thing that we did, uh, Michelle, with my uh, Monday Night Ladies Bible study is, um, you know, we've, we've got, like you said earlier, we've got days of the week where we uh, do churchwide prayer. Uh, Thursday night, our church uh, members come together and they pray for everyone and everything. And uh, it's just a beautiful time of prayer. And then Sunday mornings, we take some time and we pray for each other in the congregation. Um, it's small enough where we can do that. And we end up, we do pray for people we don't even know, um, relatives of friends and friends of relatives and things like that. And it, it is a lovely thing. And so I thought during the Monday night prayer thing, um, our ladies need prayer. We need uh, iron sharpening iron, and we also need encouragement during the week. So what we started doing is coming up with ways that we can uh, lift one another up 
uh, this week. So we, we don't, uh, you know, try not to talk about, you know, praying for our president or praying for whatever it is. Uh, but we do focus on how can I pray for you this week? And so that's something that, um, that we've done to really focus our time. But the bottom line is that you, if you're the leader, decide the prayer focus for each week. For example, this week we might focus on praying for the lost. And next week you could pray for all the missionaries your church supports. And then the following week, an upcoming church event, and so on, that that kind of thing. You could write down specific things to pray for, nearly verbatim if you have to, on an index card or a piece of paper, and then you can hand one to each lady as she comes in. For example, if you're praying for missionaries, give the name of the missionary and a few needs that he has, uh, you know, where they're serving, that kind of thing, just to remind people if they're new uh, that we do support these missionaries. And another way to add structure and focus to your prayer meeting is homework assignments. Oh yeah, that sounds like fun, doesn't it? Well, what I mean by homework assignments is at the end of each meeting, tell the ladies what the prayer focus will be for the next week and give each one a card with a different aspect of that topic. Ask her to be praying about it during the week and to come prepared to pray aloud about it the next meeting. So it's kind of fun homework. For example, if you're going to be praying about your church's uh, vacation Bible school next week, uh, the cards might say something like uh, leaders or teachers or students or gospel presentation, you know, uh, just different parts of it that way. And then your prayer will be a little bit more organic. You don't, you know, spell it out for them. You let them come up with uh, how they want to pray for those things. Yeah, it goes back to what you were saying about practicing, I think. You need to practice yes. practice that prayer before you come to the prayer meeting and you'll be prepared. So. Exactly. <laughs> and a, another great technique is what I call a conversation prayer. Now, don't get confused here. This is not saying that we talk to God and then God talks back to us but that we corporately talk to talk to God together. Some people call this popcorn prayer, I think. This works oh, yes. Yeah, this works really really well with children and also people who are inexperienced with corporate prayer. Basically what you're doing is replacing prayer request time with praying for the request as it's mentioned. You open with a brief prayer and after that the floor is open for anyone to pray about anything they would ordinarily have mentioned as a prayer request. The only catch is they have to keep it to three sentences max. You will want to stress this rule and remind them of it often because there are ladies who take liberties with that three sentence limit. So you'll it. have to just keep reminding <laughs> them. But uh, if, if they can keep it to three sentences max, this keeps the prayer time from being dominated by long winded people. And it introduces an idea that others can build on in prayer. That's the conversation part that others can build on in prayer, which encourages more people to participate. And additionally, it takes the pressure off of those who are nervous about praying out loud. For example, one person might pray, Lord, please comfort and strengthen Sally in the death of her husband. Just one sentence. And that might prompt the next person to, pl- to pray, please provide for her material needs now that she's without George's income. And the next, please show us ways we can minister to Sally. There are going to be long silences at first while while everybody's feeling awkward and unsure of what they're going to say, but that's okay. Wait it out. And when it's time to wrap up, you lead the closing prayer. 
Yeah, a variation on what you just described, Michelle, is guided conversation prayer. Again, guided, don't don't get freaked out by that, people who've come out of the new age. It's not that. Right. Uh, it works the same way as conversation prayer does, but it's more structured. You, the leader, choose a few areas of prayer focus and let the ladies know what they are before the prayer time begins. Then you open a prayer, introducing the first topic. The floor is now open for anyone to pray up to three sentences on that topic and of course, uh, people can pray more than once if they want to, but only three sentences at a time. When it's time to move on, announce the next topic or pray a brief prayer introducing it. And finally, small group prayer is another option. If you have enough people, break them into groups of two to four and assign each group a topic to pray about. When the groups start getting quiet, hand them another topic to pray about. And be sure you're giving them plenty of time to pray because sometimes prayer group leaders use this method and they hop from one topic to the next so fast that the first person in the group doesn't even finish praying before the topic is changed. So for instance, for a 30-minute meeting and groups of two to four people, about two to three topics for each group is probably sufficient. Right. That's a great method. And then just a couple more things to consider for the cohesiveness and the unity and the growth of your prayer group. First, you probably realize that your prayer group must be informed and guided by rightly handled scripture, the study of the word. But did you realize that fellowship is also a key aspect of a prayer group? Think about it. Sure, you know, it's okay from time to time to pray with brothers and sisters you don't know very well, but week in and week out, how can we bear one another's burdens in the church in prayer if we don't know what those burdens are because we don't really know one another? If you think that lack of fellowship might be hindering your ladies' prayer group, why don't you try making the last meeting of each month a low-key fellowship, like a, a three weeks on, one week off kind of thing, where they they have that, that last Sunday of the month or whatever day you designate, they have that unprogrammed space just to sit and talk and snack. You got to have snacks, okay? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> fellowship is vital to the life of the church. And believe me, as they get to know each other better and bear one another's burdens, they will bring more things to the table to pray about during the three weeks of prayer meetings. And then lastly, but most importantly of all of these things, you pray. Pray for patience and confidence as you lead. Pray for each of the ladies in your group. Pray that God will grow them in maturity and prayer. Pray that he will help everyone stay focused. Pray that those who are timid will be emboldened and that God will rein in those who have a tendency to dominate. Prayer is an area of spiritual growth, and only God can produce that growth. So ask him to. Yes. And when it comes right down to it, prayer isn't about us maneuvering and manipulating God to get him to do what we want him to do. Prayer is about us getting on the same page with God's agenda. It's about us submitting to his will. It's about us trusting him regardless of the outcome. And we hope in this brief series on prayer that we've given you some tools and ideas to help you do just that. And until next time, pray without ceasing and walk worthy. Mm-hmm.